This is NRL Boom Rookies. Welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he's the Super Saturday. He's the nine thirty Super Saturday game of my life. Mitch Doyle, <laughs> delayed, very <laughs> delayed. <laughs> and um, oh, Ty Williams out on the wing. It's Stellroots. Hello, everybody. H- hope you're all having an excellent evening. Or, yeah, or morning, so, or whenever you're so, listening. So, what obviously. Um, we just saw the sad news about Andy Raymond leaving Fox Sports just before we came on air. And so we were <laughs> just sort of reminiscing about how basically he was, it was just him and the North Queensland Cowboys were the key cornerstones of Super Saturday every week for basically a decade. Very true. And misdiagnosing HIAs. Well, that was also his other cornerstone. I, I don't know if that was on a Saturday. Was that on a Saturday? I think that was, I think that was, we can I rule think that out. was after the glory years of games being at the same time though. There was definitely, I feel like um, people only started caring about concussions once they no longer had to be angry about delayed rugby league. Yes. I did have the weirdest shower thought earlier today, by the oh. way, in, you know, yeah. the shower, but I had the shower thought that I realized that Bungard says at the start of our podcast that no longer weekly that it's a weekly intro. We can't change it now, but in it's my, like, my memory. I, I'm, I'm aware of it as well. I say I this week's episode. I should just say today's episode. It'd be much easier. But then it's like a whole new thing and doesn't ruins, flow off the tongue so well. Yeah. I mean, true. it does. I, I ripped the whole thing off the starters anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Exactly. This by this twice weekly, this is the second is, one of the I, I'm, I don't now, know. I, I'm now going to defend everyone that's plagiarized us over the years because... Uh, <laughs> Because I take like I didn't even realize it at like I just absorbed naturally the intro from one podcast that I love and the outro from another podcast that I love and started doing them on our podcast. Um, didn't even didn't even wasn't even aware I was doing it until I actually thought about it. And I was like, oh, actually, this is what this is what the starters do at the start of every podcast, and this is what the football ramble does at the end of every podcast. But I don't I don't mind thought plagiarism. I haven't got an issue with it. People always we always yeah. take an information from somewhere and just put it somewhere else. But when you someone said there's deliberate things, as we know, mate, we had a couple of times articles came out with like just ripped the stat we said off yeah. the thing, off the podcast. Like, oh, you came up with that yeah. yourself, did you? Oh, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, now we are we are we are officially a week away from rugby league. Oh God. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sinking, sinking a tinny in, uh, in, in, in hope that it'll be back soon. You know, the, the, the light is at the end of the tunnel. It's less of a, it's less of a pin, pinhole light. It's getting, the train is rapidly careening towards me and I am waiting for it. If we had some sort of parody version of One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies about rugby league, today would be the day to release it. If anybody wants to get uh, Dennis Carnahan on the phone, for a for a rugby league parody of One Week by Ben Naked Ladies, I would be, yeah, I would be playing that as the outro probably. You have two and a, like three and a half hours to to drop that track. <laughs> make it happen, somebody, I mean, somebody, give a make a call. We're good, but I don't think we're that good. No, that is true. I can actually do that entire song at karaoke without looking at the screen, though. It's one of my hidden talents. Is it, is it hidden? Say, is that a hidden talent? Know, I can't, I can't really hidden at all. But um, yeah, I know the words to a song. Hey, it's a, it's, 
as far as songs go, it's a pretty hard one. To know. It is it's one of pretty them. Hard. It is one of them. It is a but song. Also, yeah. But also, it's a pretty hard one to nail, given how fast it is and how little the words make sense. But mm. nevertheless. I, I just want to announce live on air, Patreon exclusive, Matt Bungard singing. The one when Ben Ackham Lady start to finish. And we have to just assume his when, eyes are closed. When teams get new players and they have to sing in front of everybody at like their first dinner when they go away. Bungard having to sing in front of yeah. everybody during the first Zoom match party. <laughs> you know, I was actually like, you know the episode of The Simpsons where like Grandpa's sitting in the church watching Homer sing and he's like, that boy's going to make me a millionaire and then suddenly Homer hits puberty and he can't sing anymore? Yeah. That that actually did happen to me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, still a bit of a sore point. Could have been rich. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> could have you like a... I don't know being like the eighth best singer in a church choir is a, it could be a really lucrative business for me I've, I've always thought of you as the Mason Ramsey of Sydney Southwest mate. I did I did I did sing it I did sing at Stadium Australia though so oh there you go oh, yep you know a little factoid for you actually no a factoid sorry a factoid would be a lie and it did happen and is that so that's when you go to a South game and they're chanting South Sydney through the microphones that's your <laughs> recorded that, track yeah <laughs> He's the borough. He's the capo of the borough. Chief nonce. I, I do love the idea of someone like claiming that as singing at ANZ Stadium. Yeah. It actually, we're going off on a massive tangent here, but whatever. I mean, this is this is like um, someone got uh, an unnamed person got a letter published in the letters section of the Sydney Morning Herald, and then put Sydney Morning Herald columnist in their LinkedIn profile. <laughs> That's that is very funny. <laughs> Published on the Sydney Morning Herald. Doing that yeah. ironically is wrote, quite good. You, you wrote a letter about like 4G or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's giving me. Can- and you can follow that account. You can follow that account at NRL Economist. <laughs> you can find that on Twitter actually. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen years you know ago, the lowest fruit is often the sweetest, and there aren't many sweeter fruits than that. <laughs> it's rare that we come in here and disparage people so brazenly, but here we are. Good. That's I'm, not I'm true. We've been doing it's, this for five years with each other. No, but, but like naming names and oh, well, that's true. Firing Na- direct shots. I was going to say names that aren't Dale, Mitch, and Matt. That's very I, true. I'm here for it. Well, yeah, <laughs> and and by Mitch you mean Mitchell Pierce, and by Matt you mean Matt Cooper when he said he was going to be an MMA fighter. Yeah, very true. And by Dale yeah. you mean uh, former '90s Queensland cricketer Adam Dale. What about Dale Shearer? Oh, well, you can, I, look, I won't have that in this chat. I won't have a bad no word about Dale, Dale Shearer. It will be no Dale Shearer chat. Was he the last Dale in the NRL? Uh... No, Dale Finucane. What are you saying? <laughs> Dale Finucane, is, sorry. Yeah, Dale Finucane. This is, this is what the chat's got to. <laughs> the last Dale in the NRL. There's the uh, question time title. <laughs> <laughs> the last Dale. The last Dale. Or or as people would yeah. say, the last Dale. <laughs> they would. That's it. Oh, oh God. Okay. So this is, yeah, I guess we don't really have a topic when we do question time anyway, so bullshit chat isn't any distraction from more bullshit chat. But let's get into to question time. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have a of questions. So uh, first over on Patreon, again, patreon.com, for just and Boom Rookies to support the boys with your wallet. Uh, over on Patreon, we've got DJ Ibs. Uh, says, my question is, what teams do you think will benefit the most from this stop in play? For example, teams with injuries or Cody Walker's future karate team. <laughs> do you call it a karate team? Is, is that a team? Like a, a, a bunch of men who do karate? A, do- a dojo? Co- dojo Cody Walker? Well, yeah. I mean, he he could 
run out at five eight for the Cobra Kai Cobras, I guess. I oh, that's know. very good. That's very There's got to be something there. I can't believe there wasn't some sort of like tenuous Cobra Kai headline like Cody is nearly Cobra. Like, there's got to be something there. I yeah. don't know. A-, a friend of mine did describe that as the Aldi Eric Cantona Kung Fu kick. Yeah, I, I did enjoy good. that Aldi Eric Cantona kick. Which when was, I saw that, um, when I saw that footage, I was like, is, "That was it? That's yeah, twenty grand." I'm not Come like. On, man. And- if it, feel free to tell me that like I'm being biased or whatever, but I had the same reaction. Like I was worried. I was like, "Oh shit, he's like, he's full." You know, you know. I uh, was worried that it was like going to be like a Jack White and like he's kicked a bloke on like on the ground. Well, like, no, there was wasn't there that wasn't there that junior footy game a couple of years ago with that really bad kick to the head? Remember? Yeah, there was. Um, there, yeah, I do remember that. I like I was worried that. it was going to be something like that, and then I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, no, that's not oh, really so a big deal." So it's just a less grainy Chris Sandow fighting in the straight. Okay. Yeah, basically. Cool. I, I did appreciate the lack of t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it was my favorite thing in any fight ever. The man who throws the shirt and, somewhere. And also, like the bloke being like, "Hang on, that's not part of the rules." Like the referee, you, just can't, you can't just come in and kick him. Okay. Yeah, I did see a good tweet saying, "Well, you we see, one referee just let the fight flow. It just played as yeah. a natural game." <laughs> um, anyway, his actual question here: Do we? Who do you think benefits the most from stopping play? Well, uh, the Raiders. Oh, he, he did one on one. Because they've got Who Jordan Mapana now. John Bateman? Yeah, they've got... Yeah, and Jordan Mapana. Um, and also, I think, like, I remember reading a while ago when when the Raiders were doing well, like, one of the big things that they were doing was um, they would all get together before home games um, and they'd stay at a, a certain hotel and they'd, they'd emulate an away day um, kind of trip. So maybe having to, having to um, stay... I, I assume that they would be staying together during these... Um, like tra- like isolation training periods, maybe that'll help them because they they used to it from a few years ago, and and obviously they're going to be travelling up to Campbelltown every now and then. So uh, the other one, I reckon Parramatta somehow. I don't know why I've got a feeling that this this kind of like lockdown will benefit them. I've just got a like a gut feeling. Well, they were already first, so yeah, no no yeah, well, no I mean, reason they can't for them get better. To... That's true. They can only get worse. So yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I just like overall. I mean, I'm just racking my brain to try and think. There wasn't any club in particular that I can think of that was like really ravaged by injuries. Like if this had come at halfway through the year or something, and you had a team that was nursing five or six guys that were sort of at half health, then I well, might have a better answer. But I mean, I mean, Newcastle had Brayley go down with an ACL. Um, and obviously that's a fairly important mm. player. But I mean, we'll probably come onto that later. But like they've obviously benefited from the break in play immensely now that they've made a signing. Well, they've been further handicapped by the signing of Andrew McCulloch. <laughs> if anything, they've come out of the, <laughs> the break worse. Who has had a worse break? Is it the um, Warriors or is it the Knights? Who knows? I mean, I, I think I think Brisbane have, have got a, a timely break considering Matt Lodge is a chance mm. to come back next next game. Uh, Alex Glenn... Brody Croft and Corey Oates now a chance, will all be fit for that first game. Who all, we're all going to miss it. Uh, they've lost David Fafita until a couple of weeks in, but again, he's only going to miss a couple of weeks as opposed to he could be missing, you know, eight, eight weeks or nine weeks of the season. Uh, and then the other news you just mentioned, Andrew McCulloch's gone to the Knights potentially for one year. Don't know. He's lost one. He's got a play option next year. 2020 is being terminated, so he might be back. But, the latest news is uh, Ben Teo is very close to joining the Broncos. And 
If they, I don't care if he plays 15 minutes a game and just breaks the rules and gets suspended for a year, shoulder charging three blokes. I'm pumped for that. Ben Tay off the Broncos bench in 2020. I'm here so for you're, it. You're, Could you're save the a, season. A rotation of young Ben Teo in Tavita Pangai and Ben Teo. So just like two blokes who just go out there and shoulder charge people constantly. I, right. So what I think the yeah. club should do is while Fafita's, oh, sorry, while Pangai is uh, suspended, just have them on like a rolling suspension. So you get, you know, yes. six weeks off, you can go to Bali, <laughs> whatever, go out west. You can just have, you know, just roll through the suspensions. Harvard Tony has <laughs> nailed it, mate. He was talking about rotation policy this week, and you've, Dale, oh, geez, we should, we should hire you up. That's genius. Six <laughs> weeks rotating suspension, suspension. Rotation policy. If you sign two, you know, two, you know, what do they call like lawmakers on the on the yeah. right edge there? Two guys got out there and break in half souls, and they just rotate yeah. every second week. They'll stay fresh. And, oh, it's basically it's, a lo- it's basically He's a longer like twelve man interchange when you would have props play twenty minutes per per half, but you've, you're doing it for six weeks at a time. I think we we have like cracked the it. enigma code. Here. We are the uh, we we are the Bletchley <laughs> Park of the NRL. That's it. But I think they'll come out better, as I mentioned there. Um, the Bulldogs have Kieran Foran likely back, and some people don't think that's an improvement, but that is an improvement. Mm-hmm. The Sharks had a lot of injuries in round one and two, if you remember. They had Wade Graham got injured. Dugan was out. Uh, Moylan was out. Bronson Cherry was probably going to be out, I think. Like Townsend was injured. They're all going to come back. Nakora as well. They'll, they'll recover greatly from that too. And Manly, if you remember, started the season with heart, like put many a good yeah. player injured. But I'm interested more so what the rule changes will do to those teams. And having spoken to some of these guys, the analysts on teams the last week or two, that, honestly, they all have no idea yeah. how it's going to affect their team. But uh, Manly are a team that I know only like putting two bodies in they will tackle. They only like putting two in and letting other teams play faster against them just so they have a bit more set defensive line. And because they've already got used to committing less bodies, if the game theoretically does go faster, it probably won't, but I think it could benefit them. Okay, next question. Rowan Edwards says, there have been a few, but which Storm player flopped hardest after leaving the club? Oh, God, that's hard to answer. Uh, the expectation to flop level, to me, it might be Kevin Proctor because he was one of the ones who was paid big. I know there's a lot of guys who left and didn't do well, but hmm. maybe, yeah, I think maybe that. Have you guys got any better ones? Well, I mean, as Probably. you said, I guess it ties into expectation too like um, expectation to reality because, I mean, obviously there's guys like Brody Croft and Luke Kelly who didn't do well when they left, but those guys weren't as highly rated as, um, as, as Proctor was. So I guess they probably, probably wouldn't be up there with him just purely because of that reason. Tim, yeah, Blair Tim at the Tigers. Glasby's bad. As well. Yeah, Blair as well. But Glasby was bought by the Knights to like do a very specific role. To, at least to my knowledge, bought to do a very specific role, one that he did so well in the system at Newcastle, at Newcastle, at Melbourne, and then obviously went on to do for Queensland. And then he went to the Knights and was just like another Knights player. Mm, that's a good one, actually, because he's got, I know none of us expected him to be great, but he got paid to be decent. Yeah, he got paid to kind of do the same job that he was doing at Melbourne, expecting, I assume, expecting that he would play a, like a role, a bit like, you know, to do a job. And he went out there and do, did that job. But like, he just, 
whether the, the role was different or whether the team was different or obviously he wasn't surrounded by as brilliant individual players. But yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a funny one. Yeah, and other guys like, you know, Kurt Mann and Ben Hampton sucked anyway. They sucked at the Storm too. So that one's like, doesn't, doesn't really shock me when they went away. Uh, who else? Uh, Ryan Hoffman was terrible at the Warriors, in my opinion. Not everyone would agree, but I don't mm. think he was great there. But yeah, I think um, not, not always do the guys go leave and flop like people say they do. Like, those guys have gone on and done well at other clubs. Like Jordan McLean's kept his standard up. Yeah. For example, Widdop was probably better not at the Storm. Uh, Tohu Harris has been quite good at the Warriors. So it's not always that people leave and Curtis flop. Scott flopped do... on a police officer, but that's kind of different. So Yeah, um... that's one. That would be interesting. Okay, next question uh, comes from Andy Valente. He says, Stephen Bell and Matt Orford. Is Des Hazler the only coach to consistently get ex-Storm players to actually improve, and should he go after more? Well, I don't think anyone has a reputation for consistently recruiting ex-Storm players. That's only two players. Mm. I mean, Des, Des is good at getting the best out of players because he's mm. a very specific, particular manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's... Like, I know that they say, like, Bellamy and Bennett are obviously t- probably the two best coaches of the last, you know, 20 years. But, like, Des is, a ve- there's only one Des. Like, and he's a he's a weird, from what I know at least, not obviously having worked with him, but he's a very particular, almost weird kind of guy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's anyone else consistently recruiting ex-Storm players. I don't know if that's even a fair thing to say, really. Like, okay, he had two that went there and did well. Mm. And, you know, like, yeah. And <laughs> uh, let's go. Next question comes from Christopher Hay. He says, "Will we see a weaker top eight this year? Considering nine will demand a draw, where top teams play twice, leaving the weaker teams playing each other twice." Um, well, I guess we've already seen the draw that's come out now, and, and obviously it is stacked to better teams playing each other. But I don't think that makes the top eight weaker. You get me? Would that not make the top eight, uh, making the eight harder for the good teams? It will make the, it, it, assume that it would make the competition table more condensed because, like, the top teams have to take points off each other. Yeah, but they do every year anyway, pretty yeah. much. I mean, it's anything, it's less stacked against playing just the top teams because it's more even, there's less, you know, Broncos are not playing all the other top eight sides twice that they usually do. And also, there's going to be a greater reliance, in my opinion, this year on points differential because obviously there's going to be mm. less competition points so like you know winning winning teams stronger teams playing against each other and weaker teams playing against each other will result in closer games which will mean that the points differential will will shrink so obviously teams won't have an opportunity to play weaker teams twice and thus run up scores so i mean that could be interesting going going through the last kind of two weeks of the regular season yeah i love that we have to play the roosters the storm and the broncos twice each that's that's heaps good I was um I was actually stoked with uh not playing the the storm twice. I was that that was brilliant for for me as a Broncos fan. I know people have sympathy for the Brisbane Broncos and their their tough schedules, obviously. And I was so stoked that we play four Thursdays in a row, but then we don't play Thursday again. We play two more Thursdays the rest of the year. It doesn't. It's, there's a lot of Thursday games still, but it's only six, which is somehow a relief to only have six of them because I hate Thursday night footy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Next question, Warwick Ahern. Best sledge you've ever heard or given to an opposing player? I think Bungard has a good one of these. Do you have a good sledge you've heard on field? You put me on the spot here. Um... I feel like you've told me good stories in this before. Actually, no. You have a good story about a friend 
in your draft league that had played baseball and hit yeah, someone. Yeah, this was who, an amazing yeah. flex. It wasn't a sledge. This was this sledge. Was early, this was earlier this year when it was. we were doing our fantasy major league baseball draft at our house and someone drafted someone and then a the guy in the room just pipes up, oh, yeah, I hit a home run off that guy. Great flex. <laughs> what a flex. That's yeah, fantastic. Incredible. Do you have any um, good sledges, Dale, you've heard? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not one for sledging. When I, when I used to play, um, cricket in the last few years of high school, we had an old, we had a coach who was a parent, but I think he played second 11 for New South Wales and he would basically Mm. stand. So like, obviously he'd be batting in the nets and he would just stand behind you and just like sledge you as if you were like a 30 year old man and you're like a 16 year old boy at school. And like, it wasn't, you know, particularly unsavory, but it was quite unsettling to have like a 45 year old guy, you know, in your ear, just absolutely chewing it off, talking shit to you. And you're like, this is, this is good practice for, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's good. It's good life lesson. Um, but no, I, I'm more of, I'm much more of like a dark arts standing on people's toes and like untying their shoelaces and shit. I'm, I'm much more in that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I am a huge sledger, but nothing like particularly clever. Just, just the usual. <laughs> Just, just the usual fare, get under their skin. Um, yeah. The best one I can remember, like, I, and we were like 10 at the time. So this was like, I don't actually, like looking back, I don't actually know how much sense it makes, but there was a kid who'd been going through, in our team, who'd been, whose parents had been going through a divorce and some, uh, a kid sledged him about, um, uh, was it was basically like, oh, what's the matter, mate? You are playing like shit because like you don't have a mum anymore or something. A like, really awful thing to say. But, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But the kid turned around and goes, "Yeah, it's fine. Me and my dad just share yours." Which, oh. and it was amazing. It was unbelievable. Again, doesn't it- really make that much sense now when I think about it. But at the time, everyone was like, "Holy shit, that's the greatest burn of all time." And yeah, and then, and then we, yeah, so that kid won the day. Like, there's no sledges at lower levels are never as good as professional ones when they happen because we don't know the history of the people we're playing against generally. Generally, you just swear yeah. at someone. That is the problem. Yeah. Um, uh, but that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, this was I, I saw today Draymond Green sledging Paul Pierce, and it's incredible. But yeah, those are great sledges. Really, Fuck really, them, really though. mean stuff as well. <laughs> didn't what was it like don't, they didn't give you a farewell to a Paul? Yeah, he's like you're not Kobe. They they don't love you like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's so good. It is. Okay, next question. Matty P. So Matty McPherson says here, what major decisions would you like to see decided by online polls next? And which other decision makers should jump on board? For for instance, should the federal government use online polls to decide tax reform or budget issues? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? Because that that ends in the downfall of society when everyone votes no taxes and then we're just fucked. And then the roads yeah. and then the roads fall apart and the hospitals fall down and we go, well, why, why can't I go and get chemo? <laughs> and the question should be asked in the exact same way the NRL poll questions are, like three yeah. words: yeah. more tax? Question mark. It should be, and <laughs> you have yes or no. <laughs> but the the answers are like uh, likely, likely, not yes. likely, or unlikely, <laughs> unlikely. You're kind yeah. of like, what does this even mean? And you have to, it's like the census, but yearly. I love those dumb, those, always those dumb questionnaires. Like, what, what's the difference between likely and very likely? Yeah. Wasn't that, like, a, that was a, wasn't that a bit in the office where they were like, where someone was like, I put very likely because it sounded, I put, uh, I put, it was like the second best option sounded more positive than the best option. So they put the second best option. <laughs> I can't remember the exact quote. 
Yes, but I feel like we should make all online decisions based purely on Facebook polls, not even other polls, just right on Facebook in nutcase Facebook groups. It's even per- more perfect. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, next question. Matty McPeace is again, who has the best emblem in Australian rugby league history and why is it the Steelers? Well, I mean, I did read that story this week about uh, about Stanley the Steel Avenger fighting, getting involved in a brouhaha and being sent off in about, what, 1984? Which was very very mm. funny. Um, the Steelers is the Steelers is good, but like if you if you remember the early days of the Steelers, there was a maybe not a calendar, but like a photo shoot, a promo photo shoot that they did, where they're all wearing like I'm fairly sure they're at the Steelworks in Port Kembla, but they're wearing like American football helmets for mm. like no apparent reason. And Stanley the Steel Avenger was like the the the. The actual mascot, I'm fairly sure, had like a welding mask on, but the the club logo had a an American football helmet on, which just didn't make any sense. Um, but the best the best lo- the best logo in Australian sport, I I liked the Crushers because it's completely arbitrary. Like it's a tr- it's just a train. It's just a train. <laughs> like, yes, cool. I am. a train. I don't know. I do like I like the Gold Coast Chargers one being a terrible version of the Storm logo. Yeah, <laughs> like the Storm saw that like you know what? Let's not fuck it up. Yeah, <laughs> let's make it better than this. And the, and the Gold um, Coast Chargers, they were like, "All right, so we can't. All right, San Diego, can we look at your homework? All right, so you've got yeah. one lightning bolt. What if we had two? All right, cool. So we've got two. And yeah, as you say, the Storm were like, "Nah, that's let it, let us let us take care of this, mate." The Hunter Mariners has a very badly drawn Val Kilmer. With a karate suit on, crossing yes. his arms in front of like a steering wheel for an old whatever you call it for an old ship. It's like, what is going on here? Why is lot, Val Kilmer? There's a lot to unpack. It's like the same thing with the Knights logo this season. How the the Knights' head is facing the other direction this year, and it's I yeah. think Harry Harry was telling us that it's like it's because the Knights only go forward. It's like yeah. you've had this like you've had the same logo for thirty years. What well, they're not doing? going backwards to it anyway. They're going forward oh, now. They are not backwards. Very true. Um, I do really like the Warriors logo in Me terms too. of current modern ones. I think yeah. that might be my favourite one. Yeah, and, um, I was going to say the sorry, Warriors or the, or the North Sydney Bears. Um, yeah. If, if we can extend it to other sports, I love the Sydney Blue Sox logo. Great it's logo. A, it's a just sock. a sock holding a baseball bat. It's fantastic. The shittest ones. <laughs> um, oh, I mean, there are some shit ones. Um Oh, GWS Giants is awful. Um, the Newtown Jets co- copying the New New York Jets. For- yeah, <laughs> no yeah, good. yeah. Um, Gold Coast Suns also terrible. Um, St Kilda's bad. Looks like a yep. park soccer club. Um, what's the worst NRL one? Uh, oh, it's the Broncos, mate. It is probably. Have you seen the Gold Coast Gladiators? That was yeah. that came around for like one yeah, preseason. Yeah. The guy's hold- yeah, he's holding an axe. <laughs> it's like what? It's like a guy from the TV show The Gladiators, but holding an axe. Yeah, yeah. and 10, okay. 10, or 20, 10 or 15 years before its time as well. Man, yeah. Gladiators. I, 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 I did very I, I liked the like late 90s, early 2000s Parramatta logo a lot. I don't love the ones I've had since, but the circular one with the ELO is quite like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I'm a big fan too, the circular one with the ELO. And uh, Panthers one is terrible to fallen down bear. Yep. Go back. Yep. Go back to being a panther, not a bear that's fallen on its side. Tough, tough to argue. Yeah. It is. Okay. Next question. 
And Matty again, he says, who's treated worse for doing the same? Sorry, who's treated worse for doing the same any other employee in their situation would do? Ben Hunt or the referees? Oh, that's a hard one. Get that on the poll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, the, ref, the refs don't. The refs didn't drop a grand final, so I mean, Ben Hunt has everything coming to him that he deserves. So, I love there was an article that Ben Hunt offered to take a pay cut, and because the headline was written short, like to save the game, it was like, yeah, of course, Ben Hunt's getting paid so much that only him taking a pay cut would save the game. Him only, and his ten squillion dollars. I was going to say, I'm, I can only imagine how erect Darren Lockyer was reading that headline. <laughs> Wait, Dale, I've just realised before before Ben Hunt's massive contract at the Dragons, that Sizzler was still there. Oh, there so, you go. maybe I mean, he was paid in Sizzler chairs, and he's actually shorted himself. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that's oh, how they. Dear. That's how they got him to come down from Queensland. Yeah, mate. There's fucking heaps of Sizzlers down here. You should. It's there's actually more than in Queensland. What a lie! Okay. This next one is about four thousand words long. So I'm sorry. You have to listen to me read something, but here we go. It's from Bird Andrews, he says, do you think the game would benefit from the match review committee undertaking undertaking a release of something like a short-form charge sheet to explain the basis of of and grading for all charges and a short-form judgment, even if a guilty plea is entered, to explain any consequent penalties imposed? Similar to the way in which legal judgments are recorded and released publicly, but obviously in a greatly reduced and simplified manner. Bird's view is that it could help explain, in any event of confusion, why grading of certain charges may defer in circumstances where foul play by player X seems to be consistent with foul play from player Y, which is previously punished less seriously. It may encourage MRC to exhibit greater consistency in their rulings in their decision-making is subject to more public scrutiny. For example, Bullidge slayed a shoulder charge fast of 2018. A similar approach could also apply to punitive decisions outside the purview of the MRC, such as the recent fines or suspensions for players found to be in a contravention of social distancing measures. Oh, look at me. I went to law school, but fuck I, I you. Think, I, <laughs> Make me read that. I think in, in, all, in all seriousness, though, that's like that's like not a bad point. Like it would make a lot of sense how you have the ref's boss come out and be like, this is why we're explaining this decision or the bunker come out and explain why it makes a decision. It would be It would be more transparent for obviously the MRC to come out and be like, well, actually, here's the difference between a two and a three. The, why is this a reckless versus, versus why we, like, why we, the MRC, have decided that this is a reckless versus a careless? Or why is this a dangerous throw while this is not a dangerous throw, where they look very similar? But, it, but like, footy fans don't think like that. They don't they, care. Yeah, they're just, like, obviously us, because we're huge nerds and love footy, like, we would definitely, I would read it. Fuck yeah, why not? More shit. I, I love those little things where the ref... Like where they come out and say, oh, the ref made a decision here and this is why and this is what happened from it. Like I love that kind of stuff. I just like the the little minutiae of the game like that. Um, I think it might be in the NHL. They actually have an NHL video decision. Uh, yeah, it is. I think in the NHL they have a video decision Twitter and they play the clips after the end of the game, I'm fairly sure, as to what the decisions were made by the bunker back in New York or wherever it is. Um, and they get like they'll clip them up and then put them out at the end of the game and be like, here were the big decisions. I don't think it'll go that far, but it, I mean, look, we, we, this podcast is one for transparency. We've talked about why we want like salaries published and stuff like that. This is just more transparency. So that's why it won't happen. So if, but if that happened in the, if that happened in the NRL, Dale, they'd go one step further. And then after tweeting the videos, they'd then have a poll. So the fans could decide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, do we cut one of his hands stuff, off or two? Yeah. So some of the stuff Bert says there wants to get up, wants to get up, get past his legal mumbo jumbo. This is why you know he's out there. I don't understand this man. He's out there in Mongolian lamb yesterday. Like he's an everyman. You're not an everyman, Bert. <laughs> okay. You didn't eat Mongolian lamb. I don't believe you. You had someone fancy. Bert, Bert Flandy's over here. <laughs> That's it. But anyway, the the Matchery Committee obviously has their basic charge sheet, and and they and they, they but they have changed this year that there's no more than one similar event allowed to be brought to judiciary hearings from players for this this uh, committee now. They want to make it less consistent. Honestly, by the sound of it, it's like you can only bring one prior example when you come into judiciary now. The comparable incidents which used to be three. Because they just get, as, as the judiciary says, and Graham Mansley said, it gets overly complicated with that kind of stuff because it's not consistent. Mm. I know people want consistency, but it's not consistent. And even I know it, I'm, I'm not talking like I'm a bloody lawyer, but the law ain't consistent anyway. You know, we all yeah. see people get charged differently for different things. Everything you suggest sounds great. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. It's just the fact. Like it's just like when Graham Mansley last year started doing the, the the review every Monday, the football operations review every Monday. An hour, you sit there with the media, answer all their questions about the weekend, all the games, whatever. No one actually gave a shit. No one wants yeah. the answers on a week. They don't want the answers when they're angry about a charge. You know, and then I know it's hard, consistency just doesn't exist, but I do think it might be good maybe if those charge sheets are a bit more publicly available. I do agree with that people could at least see those charge sheets and maybe people could see the records of players, you know, they can see on NRL.com, for example, maybe they could see, oh, Michael Ennis had this many carryover points for that or Anthony Milford's got three tripping offences. We can figure it out because quite right now when things happen on a weekend, it's like a guessing game to remember if he's got similars and priors. Yeah. But, um, and yeah, like I the just thing, don't the think... thing with TPJ, like the, the Pungai incident, mm. like he's mm. he's obviously got a few priors, but like even if they were to just say in their little, like the, the rap sheet at the end of a, at the end of a, or a charge sheet at the end of this uh, round where they, they list who's up for the judiciary and they can say like, oh, so Pango Jr. has, he's being charged with a grade three or a grade, a grade two dangerous throw. In the last three years, he has committed the following offenses that influence the decision or that would influence the decision. Grade one dangerous throw, grade one dangerous head contact, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't have to be, this was worth this many points and this could happen with this. But it, like if if you want to go and find the information, that's just like 30 words at the bottom of the thing. Like it's not excruciating. Yeah. They are trying to simplify it all though in the sense of this, they're trying to get it down to like force uh, conduct and risk of injury in a lot of the assessments of indicators of, of grading, mm. which is good. But uh, yeah, as you said, guys like Payne Guy, for example, mate, like you compare most of the incidents, a lot of them, aren't much worse than other guys who get charged and don't even miss a game, but that's not how it should work. I mean, paying guy all in a vacuum, none of them are worth, worth suspensions he gets, but again, you can't keep doing the same wrong shit. Mm. Like, I do think some of them aren't even worth char- the charges they got. This last one, I don't think it was worth even getting charged, but, you know, here we are. Anyway, Bunga, do you got any more legal thoughts for us? I know you're, you're a big fan of the law, you cop. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Knock Bunga <Bungard> over here. <laughs> um... Probably need to, I need to rewatch Boston Legal. Really underrated show. Oh, if we watch Boston Legal and come back, we're going to be pro all of this and put everything in. Everything's going to be in writing as detailed as possible. <laughs> yeah. And Bang, banging Denny Chase. Well. We right. won't have a podcast anymore. We'll have a, a, a bi-weekly email that's going to be 1,800 words each broken up into if, paragraphs. If people want Boston Legal recap podcasts as a Patreon bonus, <laughs> let us know. 
Yeah. Oh, but Denny Crane, I said Denny Chase. I had to correct myself. Hopefully, people didn't hear it, but I corrected myself. Anyway, next question. Liam says, sell an argument. Was Greg Inglis medically retired? <laughs> I love that it's an argument. <laughs> you can ignore the facts. <laughs> uh, it's been a, it's, yeah, it's, as I said yesterday, it's been fucking brutal. And he said, can, he said, also, can you. He said, also, can you make an argument for why I should care if he was medically retired? <laughs> he said, I probably still won't care. No. Correct. Uh, <laughs> that is funny. That is. Uh, Bert's back. Now, Barrister Bert over here says, uh, where does Greg Inglis return to rugby league sit on the list of greatest ever returns? Is it better than Return of the Jedi? How does it compare to Batman Returns? What Sam Burgess return to the bunnies? Can we get a highlights reel of the boys' favorite returns? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's just not as good as the Sam Burgess one or most because he's going to England, not coming back to the NRL. Um, mm. But, um, geez, best returns, both in in sport or just in life? Um, geez, the hard one. Well I, well, I returned a floor mat to Officeworks last week. So oh, good. So it was $35 saved. Good for you. It's good. <laughs> My obviously best return, and this is an easy one for any Queensland, any Broncos fan, is obviously Alfie Lange's return, yeah. winning us Origin yeah. and playing on. Yeah. And we and we did have Kevy Walters return in a similar time from England mid-season, 2001, tried to save our year, and he didn't. He got injured, so fuck Kevy huh. Walters. <laughs> um, the, the, the Undertaker at this year's WrestleMania returning for the Boneyard match was amazing. So good. Mm. Uh, returning too much toilet paper, the opposite end of the scale. No, they they wouldn't let they wouldn't let people return the toilet paper, Dale. Good. They weren't allowed. I don't think Greg Greg Inglis is the toilet paper that we shouldn't be returning. That's my hot take on the, the matter. <laughs> I apologize, Pongard. That's that's okay. I forgive you. Um, I don't know other other. I'm trying to think of things that count as return. Like, does Toy Story three count as a return? Like, it was a long time after Toy Story two, and it was amazing. Oh, but here's 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 one that we've probably all been watching over the last week, but Pongard especially Ichiro Suzuki's return to Seattle. That's pretty cool. That was cool. I'm so oh, glad you no. didn't say Michael what about, Jordan. No, what about <laughs> Wayne Rooney's return to Everton? That was quite good. Yes. Yeah. And then his his uh, yeah, that was good. He was he was great. Good good man. Justin Hodges to Broncos as well really for like. me. <laughs> oh, that is good. That is good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Okay. Um, I enjoyed Craig Wing the South. Yeah. That's well, that shit. was weird. Did we just say that at the same time? Weird. We you did. did. You did. Okay, next question, uh, Dan Craig, Cullinane. Craig Gower, to the, Craig Gower to the golf course. That's my uh, next question. Mate. Oh, do you guys still have answers or we, we can move on? No, no, no. no, no, no that's fine. Move on. Sweet, sweet. Dan Cullinane says, if the refs strike to save the shit show, should the fans have a vote on the premiership winner for 2020? I think the fans, the fans should be allowed to vote uh, mid-game. So like man of the match, but on decisions. <laughs> so, so every tackle, uh, send any texts. Uh, to one three hundred, uh, help us ref, and you can you can have a one to six, and if it's a one, it'll be a penalty. If it's a two, it's a play the ball. You know that the the NRL want more involvement for the fans on polls. I say we have a poll every tackle. They are, are, you, are you are you suggesting that rugby league just be run like a Dungeons and Dragons game henceforth, and the collective yeah. fan base is the dungeon master? Is the DM? Yeah. I, okay. Look, that's, yeah. Let's do that it. Is. Uh, so Cam Smith rolls. Uh, he gets twenty twenty for charisma, uh, and twenty, for, but not a twenty for not a twenty for uh, w- wisdom. 
I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. Dungeons and Dragons. If I'm trying my got best. A Twenty in wisdom. Who is? Uh Jeez, that's a good question. Yeah, come on, mate. Come on. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I don't know, but yeah, like I'm. I'm in favor of. I'm in favor of Dungeon Master Rugby League. That that's fine. <laughs> uh, b- bit of breaking news on similar to Ref Strike. Uh, World class scab Bill Harrigan has put his hand up to return. <laughs> Real? That's true. That's real. Yeah. Telegraph, uh, going the back page throw, just broke. He said he could control the opening one or two games. Well, give... <laughs> well I mean, that's good though, because yeah. like if, if the problem was egotistical referees, then who better than a humble, God fearing man like Bill Harrigan to steer the ship? Yeah. I hate everything. Oh, God. I mean, that would be hilarious. Uh, I, I don't he's know. Nearly, he's nearly 60. Who cares? The whole thing's a shit show. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> he's, he's, but he said he's fitter than most sixty-year-olds. Well, he's fifty-nine, so you'd hope so. But... Is he really? I thought Dale was like exaggerating for effect. No, he's, he's actually no, he's 60. fifty-nine. He's yeah. Wow. All right. Crazy. Oh my god, this is great. Yeah, get rid of all the guys that got punted for not being good enough referees and get them back, and and that'll be great. Steve Lyons, Luke Diamond, Phillips, get them all in there. Well, Tony Della Harris, Paul Simkin. I did, I did see that, and then Luke Phillips said he was joking after like every single person in rugby league Twitter called him a scab because he was a scab. Yeah, but he and was he joking. Was, so. Yeah, that's it. Just joking. Yeah, sorry, my my bad guys. But it's just yeah. a prank, bro. <laughs> that's it. Uh, anyway, Dan's next question: Should everyone not excited for the return of GI be Spartan kicked in the chest, Cody Walker style? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Into another dimension. Anyway, uh, Jack Cronin says, rank in the order of cooked. So we've got four things to rank here, boys. Okay. Uh, ex-referee Luke Phillips offering to train x so the comp can go ahead. There's one. Okay. Uh, Joel Hain hailing 39-year-old Paul Gallen as the Warriors' best ever signing. Yep. Two. Uh, three, Matt Thompson's condemning of the self-entitlement of the referees for protesting. Yep. And uh, James Hooper's article about the guy representing the referees, um, which is uh, which is the guy who... How dare he has other interests he's, I, he's invested in waxing. So this is a tricky one because, like, objectively speaking, the gallon one is, like, the dumbest thing that was said because the other things are nasty rather than stupid. So, um, yeah, the, 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 the article about Silvio Del Vecchio was the most needless thing ever written. So, I mean, I assume. I only saw the headline. I didn't click on it. But um, I think that's probably number one just because it's just, just complete unnecessary nastiness um mm. i put i put um probably put the the paul gallon one second because i mean this is a club that literally signed roger to shek like three years ago um mm. and you know signed guys like ruben wiki in the past and plenty of other guys and steve price and plenty of other people who would contribute or did contribute far more than a 39 year old paul gallon possibly could um so i probably put third as I probably put Luke Phillips third, if only because the Matt Thompson take was quite a common one. It wasn't really mm. out there on an island. Like there was a lot of people saying that, and whilst it was very wrong and stupid, it wasn't particularly unique. So yeah. I would say, I would say, the article about Silvio, followed by the Gallon, followed by the Luke Phillips, followed by the self entitlement. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think I'm putting the gallon one down lower, despite it being so cooked, because again, it was the least offensive of all of them. Oh yeah, but I think sure. I agree with the rest of the order. I think... Yeah, you you've got to kind of weigh off the trade off between stupidity and um, nastiness. 
And but it was that, you, are, you are right in that respect because it was harmless, but it is a really dumb thing to say. Yeah, and that that one from Jane Super, like obviously it's never it's never getting to him, but he should hang his head in shame for doing something like that and happily putting his name to it. It's an absolute coward thing to do, attack someone for the legitimate successful business on the side, and somehow think anyone else gives an absolute shit yeah. what, what he was, does. I mean, I only saw it on Twitter. What was the response like by the wider? sort of rugby league community to that. Oh, he got he got I caned. don't know. He got caned for it on Twitter, but other than that I I'm not sure. Well, it was my final point of unfollowing Fox NRL on Twitter was that. Like I have been considering it a week or two, but that was it. It's like I didn't click on the article, but I saw it come up with their stupid like I I I you know, the bloody emoji like check this out bullshit and it's like it's just you just realize at that point they have zero respect for the sport or anything around it. Not even close to any respect for any of the humans involved in the game anymore. It's only about scandalous bullshit people will click on, and something called Fox Sports should be embarrassed to put that on their website. Like they just should be. They're supposed to be about fucking sports. It's got nothing to do with the game. I mean, this is. I mean, we're only what a month or two removed from them and other outlets calling that guy that killed his wife an ex NRL star because he played one trial game. Um, in 2005 so it's not I mean it is it, it's not it's not really you know it's not really it, it is kind of old hat for them at this point so but we're crossing into like you know British tabloid yeah. or bloody oh, yeah. garbage magazine level of, of bullshit this is this is like when you read the front page of like when you walk you know down in Woolies and you see the front page of Woman's Weekly and it's like oh my god look how fat this woman is and it's not a real photo it's like the same thing it's like there's Manipulating news for absolutely no reason, and it's well, sorry, I'm selling this as news. It's not anything. Yeah, mm. uh, I, it's yeah. So I, I think that is the clear winner, and then you can debate yeah. the other three. I agree. Okay, uh, three more Patreon questions before we hit Twitter. Simo Ali has double banger for us here. First one, he says, "What happens in the rugby league world in an alternate timeline when JT is correctly ruled offside for the kickoff of the 2015 Golden Point?" Oh, <laughs> oh my God! Say the Cowboys lose. How does the internet and media treat JT? Oh my god! I didn't. I know. I know. There's some plenty of Cook 2015 Grand Final takes, and I had many myself. I forgot about the 2015 Grand Final, the Golden Point one, even though I've known had Simo mentioned on the podcast. But I don't like if if they lose. I don't think any of the narrative changes for JT because he was no. such a popular person. Yeah, and he he did a lot of he did a lot of good work. Um, away from footy as well, obviously, um, you know, with his leadership in the Indigenous community and he's obviously a, a big figure up in North Queensland and, and that's not really for me to say. But, yeah, like I don't think pe- – people would still remember him as a champion player because, like, obviously he won so much with Queensland and he played for Australia so many times and he's a 300-gamer and all that other kind of stuff. But I don't think too much would change, you know, if if the Queensland if, – if North Queensland win that grand – if the, sorry, if North Queensland don't win that grand final, um, yeah, the story – about him changes, but like he had a he had a premiership. Of course, he was coming off the bench, but like he had a premiership ring already. Well, not really. The but, story doesn't change, mate, because he's yeah. so fucking popular. I don't agree yeah. with his popularity, but Pete, the media love JT. Mm. It doesn't change. Like he's 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 good talent. Like he can spin a yarn. He seems funny. You know, like he's good on air. I mean, as he said, I don't agree with like some of the stuff that he says, but like he's he's fine. He's relatively inoffensive and. He seems like a decent bloke on air, so like the media love him. 
Yeah, I know Bungard agrees that, that I think Thurston's overrated in, in his standing in, in the best halfbacks of the game, let alone the best players in the game. I know Bungard has a similar thought yeah. because they have too many bad seasons. Yeah, you can't you can't be you can't be the best halfback to ever play rugby league and oversee multiple seasons where your team finishes in the bottom four. I don't care who's around you. Andrew Johns yeah. had some pretty shitty supporting casts around him for a lot of that time, and they were always well above last place, apart from that year where he missed half the season. So yeah. That's it, mate. And then the other other part of it is like the weird narrative before the grand final was like if they won, Thurston was immediately an immortal. That's fallen away. That was a dumb thing. Was that yeah. a thing? That I was, remember I was overseas was when they won, so I missed a lot of the build up. Um, was that, that really was a thing? thing? Yes. Jesus Christ. All right. But almost everyone acknowledged he wasn't the best on ground on that grand final. He's got got it because he got it. Like, Justin for my guy, Jake Granville. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I said this. I I must have said this like online in a in a in a message or in a message thread or something, but yeah, Andrew Johns had one losing season and it was his debut season in 1994 when he was a teenager. Um, they went, eight, he, he won eight out of 21 games that year. Other than that, even that year where he, even that year where they got the wooden spoon, when he games that he played in, they won half of them. So yeah, he, he had a losing record in his debut season in 1994. So every season after it became the ARL slash NRL, he had a winning record, every single one, whereas Thurston had, I think, four or five losing seasons. So I th- to me, mm-hmm. I just think, like, say what you will about both of them and the players that are around them, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know how you can look at that and look at so many years of them being pretty rubbish and conclude that he's the best player to ever play the game. I don't know. That's it, mate. And, and as you said, Thurston, this, this game, season where he's fully fit, sorry, he's fit, sorry, and he won three games and lost 14. And he won four, another one, and lost 13. And then people can argue about teammates all they want. And that period of time, they had more representative players than the Broncos had. Yeah. You know? And the injury crisis has happened. They happened to everybody. But as you said, if he was the best halfback to ever play the goddamn game, he wouldn't go 3-14 and 14 in a year in his career. Yeah, I mean, this is 2008 season when they... When they came second last and they I'm just looking through the the teams they had over those three seasons I mean they still there's some decent players in that 2018 like Aaron, Aaron Payne played basically every game Carl Webb was there Luke O'Donnell Travis Burns Sione Famuina Ty Williams Shane Tronk like there's plenty of decent players there and the same goes for the the next season as well in 2009 and then in 2010 when they only won I think five games all year and he wasn't there for all of them like they weren't disastrously bad rosters and they they certainly weren't at the level of like other teams that you see win win wooden spoons i mean that that 2010 team that came second last like scott bolton played every game matt scott played all but one game willie tonga played 21 games aaron payne played 21 games matt bowen played 16 games willie mason played all 24 games lisa armow played 23 games well, that's a really good team and they came second those last. Are, like those those teams like back the the quality that that those teams had like that's like eight rep players like re- either yeah. former or current rep players well they that's won, they won they, as you said they won three games when he two of those wins were before origin matches when he didn't play so they went yeah mm. as you said three and 14 with him in the team with the team with all those players i just mentioned i mean that's just a huge red mark and not that he wasn't an amazing player i don't think anyone's arguing that but i do feel like with thurston um i do feel like with thurston more than any other player um their accomplishments in state of origin are used to justify their NRL legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like one, like you can, you can, you can make a case that he's the best origin player ever. I personally wouldn't, but I can see why people might. Whereas I don't see why you, I don't see how you could say that about the NRL. 
Yeah, agreed. Okay, next question, Simo again. Why don't Ashton Sims or Jared Beal both have Clive Churchill medals? Because the only reason that Manly won those two premierships. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I like that one. We'll just leave it there. Yeah, we'll take that in the comment. And the last one from Johnny's is the opinion on which players those clubs will be most affected by rules changes. I mean, we kind of we kind of covered that, but he says his guess is the likes of the Tigers, South Storm, and Roosters just based on their coaches. So good or bad affects. Yeah, I think that's both right. I mean, I assume South will be affected negatively because Wayne's just too honourable to practice the dark arts. God love him. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you mentioned that 2015 grand final, mate. It was just there in that last set of the game, and this is something Wayne people like to call Bentley Broncos all they want, but through Wayne's entire tenure back at Brisbane, they were the least penalised team in the competition. He didn't like deliberate penalties. And in that last set of that game, the Broncos win if they just hold down the tight, the Cowboys in one of the tackles. Yeah. But it just wasn't in their DNA, right? They didn't play like that all season. If they just took a penalty in one of the tackles, the game ends. They mm. win. <laughs> anyway, they didn't do it. But And that's Wayne has been anti-wrestle forever. And it's been to his detriment because he lets teams play fast against him. But what will ha- the problem is now, like if the game gets slower, for example... You, we already seen what's happened to South when the, when the ruck gets slow. It, it slows down what they're so good at around the ruck. So that could be a detriment to them. But and I think that, you know, already we saw the lack of forward oomph in the first couple of rounds was, was already a detriment for them before Jairo gets there next year anyway. But we both know the Storm and Roosters, everyone knows this, Storm and Roosters will get advantage from anything they can and they will get advantage from one referee on the field because it's simply impossible for one referee yeah. To control as many things as two referees can. They, they can't. See they can't see hundred. They can't see hundred and eighty degrees of the ruck. So, like that's it, it. Exactly. They're, everything that's going to be on the defensive side of the ruck is going to be uncharted. It, it's going to be the dark side of the moon, effectively. That's it, mate. One hundred percent. And like, you know, it's. I don't blame those clubs because I've always said if other teams should just do it as well. If you want to do what they're doing and win, and it falls into their hands a bit more again, and it's not their fault. The rules change that way. You know, um, okay, next question. We'll go over to Twitter. So thanks thanks for that again for everybody on Patreon. We'll jump over to Twitter now for the rest of question time. Okay, one moment. Sorry, guys, I lost myself here on there. Okay, uh, at Brett Maverick 63 says, speculate, what's Peter Valandis's end game? That's a great question, actually. You know uh, I can't I answer this, right? Yeah, I know. I don't think anyone's going to actually answer this. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I think that's a good point. It's like, it's a good thing to consider. It is it is the trolley problem of the NRL, you know? Like, there is no right answer. But I don't know if he knows, really. I do want to know one day when it all comes out, maybe a couple of years, maybe as, as Gus says, he could write a book about it. I would love to know how he got the relationships he has currently got in the media because... Yeah, he seemingly came from nowhere in rugby league to or, to have such great relationships with rugby league media. I would, I'd love to know where that came from, but I don't mm. think we will for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Paul Max seventy eight says, "What's the most obscure, obscure game you've watched since ISO?" He watched France versus USR with French commentary the other day. Jesus. Wow. Does it does wow. it have to be rugby league? Because I got real weird with it the other day. I watched um. I watched the international rules between Ireland and Australia on YouTube the other day. It popped up as a suggested like video. Yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? I've been watching a lot of like hurling and Gaelic football lately because it's a sport that I don't know the results of. Whereas like if I get yes, stuff exactly. that comes up, 
in in like whether it's like European football or the Olympics or whatever else that I've got on my YouTube page. Yeah. Um, like I know the results, whereas like I don't know the result for the 2009 All Ireland Hurling Championship. No, final. exactly, totally. I was the same. I'm watching like the 2014 International Rules face off, and I'm just like, yeah, this is sweet. I don't know who wins. It's great. Hot take: International Rules better than AFL. Uh, that's that's correct. That's most things are, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's more than one race in it, so that helps. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, they are all still white. Yeah. I was yeah. Say. <laughs> um. For for me, I watched the Super League Tri Series. You remember when uh, oh, yeah. New Zealand played New South Wales and Queensland played New South Wales and New Zealand? I watched that again, and that game Fantastic went for like movie. a thousand minutes. It did, yeah. and uh, the New Zealand New Zealand were pretty good because <laughs> they were a country against two weakened states. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, Manny P twenty five. What's more surprising? The fact that footy is nearly back. Or the fact, dear leader PVL won't didn't replace his storm with Glebe during this period. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah, yeah. The Warriors are going to be devastated when they find that they're never leaving Tamworth. <laughs> it's going to ruin them. Jeez. Uh, Dane Jenner Scott Angus says, "When is Sandbirds this is unretiring? So when is Sandbirds unretiring to join JI and Super League? And what's the south of the Super League?" Uh, St. Helens, I'd say, would be the south of the Super League. Uh, so, I mean, Sam, Sam, like, last time he went to England, he didn't go too well. So maybe he should hang out here for a bit. Well, who, who, who's the grand old club of the Super League? Because that's the answer. Oh, well, Helens, actually, no. actually, either either them. I mean, Huddersfield aren't going very well, but Huddersfield are, like, one of the original. I mean, the league was formed in Huddersfield, so and that would kind of make sense. Okay. Uh, next question. David Hunter says, with the Tigers not playing at Bank West, but the Roosters having home games there, do we call it the Chook Pen now? What do you think of the grounds chosen? Well, they didn't really have a lot of choice. I, no, I that's it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Um, I have a feeling that they're all... I don't know. I was going to say, I have a feeling they're all run by New South Wales... Uh, venues like by the state government but uh Parramatta is owned by the state and then Campbelltown and Leichhardt are both Campbelltown and Leichhardt are both owned by council so that'll be that'll be interesting I'm just glad they're not playing at Cogra because Cogra no the ground falls the, the ground falls apart after like one one game a week it, it wouldn't live up to having two or three played on it well, that's the good call with um with Bank West is it being a, a a more recently built stadium in Central Coast. I don't mind either. I mean, I I don't think I have an opinion on the grounds chosen because they don't really matter to me right now. There's no real home ground advantage without fans. There's home ground advantage of knowing the lay of the land of a stadium and how and how the surface plays. But like, they just got played the cards they were dealt. Right, the cha- stadiums that were chosen. It was probably a lot more than just the NRL's decision on what they where they could play. It, it is going to be weird, like, going back to these grounds now that there hasn't been any sport played for the last 10 weeks. And it's it's going to be like I Am Legend, you know, when the the grass and the vines start taking over the building. Like, the grass is going to be pristine because it hasn't been run on. So, like, they get this, it's for the first two weeks at least, it's just going to be, like, carpet. So, hopefully we get some good footy. Look, I'll take any footy at this point, to be really honest. 
Yeah, but certainly the most travel Sydney teams will have to do in a walk. Like, can, you know, not I'm not trying to you know sound sarcastic there, but driving to Central Coast and stuff is not huge, but it's further travel than what they do most of the bloody year yeah, in most MLL seasons. Uh, next question we've got here. Uh, David again says, will you ever do a classic match that Parramatta wins or the Tigers? <laughs> if, we um, can find the one, if we can find one, maybe. Mate, the classic matches will come back, I think, when the NRL games come back. So we're doing yeah. something different rather than doing what everyone else is doing. But uh, there is some – we want to we try to let the, the guests pick, you know, what they want to do, with people mm. we invite on. Uh, and Parramatta or Tigers, I mean, we could get Edwin on to talk about a Parramatta game if he wants to, but I won't enjoy that. What about my enjoyment? Um, but yeah, that, maybe we could do Parramatta v Tigers. I think was it twenty two thousand and nine is a good one. I think twenty ten is a good one as well. Maybe we can do one of those. I was going to say, it, surely the Parramatta fan would choose the Dragons semi or the Dragons finals game. Surely, yeah. There is like as in Tigers versus Eels. It is good games, yeah. and we'll definitely do a Tigers win at some point. The Tigers got plenty of uh, plenty of great wins, entertaining wins. Uh, okay, next question comes from Frankie. He says, how long to PVL? Oh, my God. <laughs> All these cockholsters in the media blame COVID on the refs. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I, 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 think, I, I, I was going to oh. say, I think we'll take that as a comment. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like, was, how many rums was that after? God damn. Uh, Edel Physio asked a question that we've kind of answered from uh, Patreon. But he said, what's the worst taker opinion you've seen during the season break? And I think we've covered that one already. Uh, ben Wallace yeah. says, Gus casually threatens you at 1am saying, try me, just try me. Estimate how much time he spent crafting this tweet. That, that to me strikes me as a, who was it? Was it Diamond that came back to a Frankie tweet after eight days? Yes. Yeah, that's what it strikes me as. It strikes me as I've had a little bit of time to think about this and I'm just going to, I can't come up with anything, but like at least an hour. Yeah, and the weird thing was it was like he went and found it. So it was like a, a screenshot that Ben took and he went and found it. So Gus was like trolling someone someone's t- timeline at 1am. That's that's a thing that's weird. that he does now. Uh, Ben's next question. People who can't eat fresh cooked vegetables without tomato or barbecue sauce on them, why are they broken? Who does that? Uh, who, who are these I people? I don't know, but we should hang them. <laughs> and, get them out, and get them out of the gene pool. That's like, ridiculous. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Like, I get people, like, I vegetables, I've got to put salt and pepper on them always. Got to eat yeah. because nothing going on there. And, and sometimes I don't mind a sauce with a with a bit of broccoli because it's made for wiping sauce up. But tomato, barbecue sauce, and vegetables is not the thing. I could forgive someone if they put gravy on every vegetable ever, for example. Yeah. That's terrible. God, people are getting loose. We got this ISO's got to end. People are getting aggressive now. We've got fuck Mary Kill here <laughs> from Miss Triple Eight. PVL, Trump or Gus. And I think we might let that go through to the keeper as well. Yeah. <laughs> Brett O'Shank says, Why are the NL trying to keep the Knights and Warriors safe from COVID while simultaneously, simultaneously exposing them to manly pox? What's manly pox? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Pineman987 says, is playing with a smile again the only known way to get out of form for each indigenous players back to their best? <laughs> yes. 
They're they, just going to get back to playing in the backyard. I was about to say, they need to be playing backyard yeah. footy. Eyes up, backyard footy. They're, they're, just, they're just natural natural footy players, mate. Yeah. You know, you know, it comes naturally to them. Yeah. Get, just, he just has to smile again. <laughs> uh, That's what the Warriors logo is, actually. It's, it's just a man smiling. He's is, very happy. Oh God. Uh, okay, here we go. We've got uh, Sean Chand. He said, the best meal slash food item to eat during the first game back. Hmm. Well, that's, I'm probably going to, like, it's weird because I wasn't a big pie guy at the footy, but I'm definitely going to go 7-Eleven and get a couple of those plant-based pies and eat those. That's that's my plan. I love a, I love a good pie. I Like, a good pie is one of life's great pleasures, in my humble opinion. It's one of the it's one of the things that I love about going home. Like when you drive when you drive down to Canberra from Sydney and you stop in in Goulburn and there's that pie shop with a fire next to the big merino called Trappers and they just do unbelievable pies and their desserts there are actually pretty good too. Uh, if Trappers would like to sponsor the podcast, please get in touch with us at NRL. Uh, sorry, Boom Rookies uh, Patreon. NRL.com. NRL NRL Boom Rookies Patreon page. Please get in touch with us. We will accept pie as payment. Or get in touch with that. Like, get in touch with NRL.com. If, you, if, if they want to, you know, instead of four and 20s, we can have Trappers Pies. All about it. Yeah, um, uh, pie's, a good, pie's a good shout, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've heard those plant pies from a pie connoisseur, Trent Slats, they go pretty good, almost better than regular four and 20s, Bungard. I wouldn't have believed yeah. you saying that, obviously, because you've got to have gone vegan. Well, no, but, I, uh, I, I mean... I think with like I was saying this to someone earlier today actually, but like I think I've been pretty fair with like not trying to hype up foodstuffs that I'm having to eat instead as being like as good as the real in inverted commas thing. I think I've been pretty good at not doing that. But I think I did. I, I can't remember if I said this on here or just to you guys in general. But I did say that the fake pie is probably the closest thing to the real thing that I've had. Like of all the things I've tried, like it is the closest to replicating what, what about what uh, is setting out to replicate plant based um. Fried rice, mate. How do you find that stuff? What? <laughs> Just having, having the Josh. You're an idiot. Had enough. Of uh, so, so I um I ventured to an Indian uh Indian grocer this week, and I made a really good curry tonight. I made a butter chicken and a, and a palak paneer Ooh. with some with some rotis, and that's on my brain. That might be my meal again next week when the footy's back on. But yeah, you can never go wrong. Like I know pie is the world's greatest cliche with, with footy, but once it hits winter. You cannot go wrong with a pie and a footy and really average beers because no one can afford craft beer anymore because we all lost half <laughs> we're our all wage. Skinned, yeah. <laughs> yes. So we're all, we're all going to Audi to buy beers now. Uh, shout oh, out, shout got... out to a uh, fr- friend of the podcast, Anna Harrington, and her flatmate, Tom Bell, down in Melbourne, mm-hmm. who actually took their ISO as an opportunity to brew a homebrew. Good for them. I like that, I like that you've called Anna our friend and Tom is just her roommate. Well, I mean, I don't think yeah. I don't think Tom's listening to the podcast. Put it that way. I don't think and Anna's I, listened to the podcast. Dale. She's, li- she's I listening. Think she just follows us on Twitter out of politeness. <laughs> she's listening to our hot NRL takes, so she can subscribe. Anna <laughs> Harrington and a person who happens to be in her domicile, who will remain nameless, <laughs> have made a brew. Redacted breweries. <laughs> I can't even remember what kind of beer it is either. Oh, I just take my, take well, my from Melbourne Dale, so it's definitely an IPA. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a, it's a, probably a sour, which is what I was drinking tonight. They just, they just make it better in Melbourne, don't they? Something uh, about you know just the temperature. Shoot me, please. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I had a. We've been drinking, you know, cheap beers, but we had craft beer, like a craft beer, a six pack with pizza on like Saturday night, and I was like, oh, I remember flavor. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> not just hops. Like, okay. They're putting flavor into beer now. <laughs> That's you. Uh, okay. Regularly wrong says, which team or player is your pick to fall off the biggest cliff since round two? And do any of your praises and predictions change now? Um, yeah. I would have to remember my preseason predictions to see, was, <laughs> to tell you if they've changed or not. That was seven I, pre-seasons ago. It's been so long. It has. I, I, I do know that, I mean, I, you and I both picked the Warriors for the wooden spoon. That's definitely not changed. Um, yeah. I think South win the comp because I'm biased and that's not going to change. Um, Damien Cook might struggle. There'll be more bullshit in the ruck. He might directly, mm. he might be one of the mm. players that sort of uh, loses out as a result of this. Fair point. No, I'm sick with them all. Screw it. Like, I don't know what's going to change. I don't know who prepared the best now. I have no idea who's going the best through COVID. So I'm sticking with those. In terms of who can go off the cliff the furthest, I cannot wait till we see some self-isolation rigs next weekend. There's going to be some yes. sloppy rigs. Yes. <laughs> my, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about my boy Joey. Luch is looking trim, but I've not seen any Joey photos over, over the gram the last few weeks. I'm worried. Have you been have you been looking at TikTok? I mean, that might be your only evidence base at this point for a lot of those players. Oh I think I'm too old for TikTok. I'm 29. Am I allowed on there? <laughs> no. Mate, I'm 31 and the last TikTok I watched was somebody putting a grease fire in the sink and it's setting the hot kitchen on fire. It was great. There you go. <laughs> okay. Nathan Thorson says, if the refs do strike, who would you love to see referee the games? Fatty. Um... Oh, doesn't Cam Smith already referee the game? That's Got it. Him. Let the Got let him. them referee themselves. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like no. to see a, a front rower stay out there for eighty minutes. Do, do it, but doing like both sides of the ruck. Because obviously, yeah. like, oh, you've got to kind of keep get, up. get Sammy Thiday out there. He's so. Oh funny. my god! No, no, I want to see it run like club football, where like the guy turns up last and is the last guy on the bench just to put on the bib. Yeah. He's like, you're refereeing. And then you've got guys on the sideline as the touchies with their jerseys inside out and like holding up a shoe or something for the flag. Uh, yeah. I'm here for that. And they have to they have to referee in jeans. Yes. The the and owner I, and... the owner of the home team has to do it. So Russell Crowe will be out there for Souths, Nick Politis for the Roosters, etc. Oh god, what's his name? Bruce Gordon having to referee for the Dragons? He's like eighty five years old. Okay, I'm not seeing a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Westlife Pod says, should Madge throw Adam Dewey in the one straight out of the gate, even though Corey Thompson got first dibs for fullback in West Tigers' first two games? Yes. Adam Dewey is awesome, so yes. Yes, I think the break, you know, Dewey's obviously would have had more training time with the team now. He joined late then. I think we might come in around three and then we'll just go balls to the wall, Dewey at fullback, Harry Grant at number nine and go from there. And Josh Reynolds might be the Bulldogs soon, which would be great for them, but... They can just, you know, what's the point of going two more games, Corey Thompson, and switching Dewey now? You've had the break. Get him in there. Uh, Dollary Doos asks, since workers' rights are the topic of the moment, why does Bungard insist on siding with the ARL bosses over the workers when it comes to Super League? Very okay. good point. <laughs> Very good point. Who? Hang on. How has how this pivoted so that Super League is the, is the, was the tribe of the working man? Man of the people was Super League. They were mate, they just want they just wanted professionalism in, in our great sense, game. In the sense that they were bankrolled by a multi billion dollar corporation, or in the sense that the Broncos, the least man of the people club, were the flagship franchise of the Super League. With, with the most with the most fans, the most men. 
No, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't wash for me. It, uh, mate, we just the guys just want, the lads just wanted to get paid. We've been over this, and the, and that's what Super League did, you know. And we're trying to go back to ARL days now with all this old bullshit you're bringing back. But uh, you make a very good point from Dollar Dues. I'll give you a couple of Dollar Dues about that one on the on the slide no, there. That's not how this. They have to give us because. Money. I, <laughs> No, 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 but that, this is, this is, I'm a man of the people, you see. I'm giving back He's to the He's redistributing as well. <laughs> That's it. Uh, not LV5 says, Wayne Bennett goes to the South, players go off the rails, breaking COVID rules and gun laws, kicking blokes in the street and going into rehab. Nathan Brown goes to the Warriors. All of a sudden, they're sacrificing themselves and becoming everyone's second best, second team. Who's got the better culture? Well, I hope I mean, the Warriors aren't famously, sacrificing themselves. Famously, there were no off-field scandals at all involving the Knights when Nathan Brown was there. That's what I remember. Yeah. Um, famously, none of their players were relevant enough, relevant enough for anyone else to give a shit when he was there. If they did anything anyway. A fair point. Um, yeah, I, I do love that they'll hate Wayne Bennett till the day they die. Um, what's that? Um, uh, what show is it from? That quote where it's like the. Um, where it's like um, the one guy says, like, oh, you're terrible, you ruined my life, or something, and the other guy says, I don't think about you at all. That's basically how yeah. it's... Uh, is it from Suits, I think? Um, where no, from uh, Mad Men. Mad Men. It's like, I feel bad for you, and the other guy says, I don't think about you at all. Um, that's so, like, Seats are the second person in that equation, and the Knights fans are the first guy. Yeah, it's like it's very apt that he's talking about Nathan Brown going to everyone's second team now, the lovable wooden spooners, the New Zealand Warriors. Add another one to the collection. Yeah, what a great club. Great culture, though. Who gives a shit about culture? <laughs> I'll be there when they hand out trophies for culture. Can't wait. Uh, Bilski89 says, who is your favourite such most obscure 18th, 19th man to never play Origin? Oh, good question. Edric Clay. Edric Lee is like the nineteenth man, isn't he? That like he was there for way too many times. He's been he's been nineteenth he's been eighteenth or nineteenth man like six years, hasn't he? I don't know how many, but it was definitely too many. Yeah, and, uh, and that was... excuse me, Mitchell Doyle, you've embarrassed yourself here. I haven't said anything yet. I've oh, embarrassed okay. myself. <laughs> oh, well, what's your answer? Well, I, I thought you were going to come at me with with your boy uh, John Sutton getting dogged. No, we don't talk about that. <laughs> We don't talk about that, do we? I'm trying to think who would be mine. I'm trying to think, like, there's been some good 18th men, but most of them are absolute battlers. Like, uh, we had, as you said, there's been Edric Lee. There's been uh, Corbin Sims was a was a 18th or 20th man at one point. Uh, who else was one of them? I think Ethan Lowe was a couple times. He, he played, but I don't think he's not obscure. Can I put you out of misery with what should be your answer? Yeah. 2012, yes. mate, Joey Leilua. Oh, yeah, that should be my answer. That's, that's terrible for me not doing that. But, you know, the 18th man or 19th man origin usually doesn't mean shit. Like, it generally means for Queenslanders, like, the guy who wasn't, like, whose club wasn't, uh, sorry, was on by that week. They pick someone from there. But, you know, a lot of them have gone on to play origin. Blues have had, like, every man and his dog being the 18, 19 man too, eh? Yeah. Uh, also, my guy, Ben Lowe. He was, was he, he was 18th or 19th man a few times, wasn't he? Ben Lowe. Yeah. God, what's he? I don't know. I don't remember. I know, you know, Ethan Lowe obviously was many a time. Mate, ro- um, premiership winning back rower, Ben Lowe. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh, anyway. Although, I actually, no, he was also 18th man for the grand final. So, there you go. Cop that. 
professional 18th man, representative 18th man. He earned that jersey. So, yeah, he won a, won a premiership and <laughs> won a premiership and a couple of origin series as the 18th, 19th man. So good on him. Okay. Uh, next question. Moles underscore Morris. He says, when will Australia Australians admit they are not for a fair go or mateship unless it suits them personally? Attacking referees are not going to keep the squad employed, even offering pay cuts. And sh- sorry, for, sorry. Attacking referees for wanting to keep the squad employed, even offering pay cuts to ensure it. Yeah, it's a fantastic question because it's true. I mean, Australians love to think of themselves as this. We love to think of ourselves as this laid back, larrikin times. But really, we're just a bunch of Karens who want to speak to the manager. Uh, Australia is a massive nation of cops. We, Honestly, we are a bunch of Karens. Really, yeah, legitimately are. I mean, that's a really good point. Um, Please send me one more photo of you at the shops taking photos of other people at the shops with you, you fucking Derricks. <laughs> wow. That's, no, that's a, a fair that's, point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Like, as you said, it's just we're, we're the kind of people that fucking like we, we rat on our neighbours for having the bins out for too long or we, we rat on people for not having – I mean, you know, just like doing dumb shit. You know, like just, just be an adult. Like, it's not hard. But the point about, like, the, the refs, like, it's it's exactly right. It's only it's only a fair go when it suits you. And when it's not, it's an inconvenience. Like, you know, just don't be fuckers. That's it, mate. Like, yeah, we don't care about other people ever. We, we, we love corporate. Everything we corporate. It's like we love corporate. That's a great point. We do. It's like when there's the water restrictions, for example, and you'll get someone will dob on a neighbor because they hose some, some, some flowers in the backyard or hose, hose their front yard or something. But in, during the exact same uh, water restrictions, go down to almost any building site. You'll see a guy hosing the fucking driveway for the entire day because yeah. they can't have dust. So people complain about dust when the trucks drive over it. Now, the, I don't know the other reasons too as well, but like there is water wasted on, on a way, way large mass scale by business during those things, way more than your neighbor watering his garden for five minutes. But there's only one hotline getting rung when people are wasting water and ain't the one that call on, on the businesses. The, the point that you make about like love and corporate is like, it, Australia is the kind of country that thinks that, like, when you have a problem with the manager, you go to HR. When in fact HR is there to protect the company, like that's that's the kind of place that we are. We kind of complain to those, you know, instead of doing something and treating people fairly, we just complain about when things don't go our way, and we blame those people that are that are the easiest to blame instead of kind of looking at ourselves. That's it, mate. And uh, anyway, last question. Comes from Sam Kusha. If you could pick three current players to be locked down with, who would it be? Well, it's easy for me. Yeah, go, Mate, you go. The little brother is in the in the milf. Mate, we're gonna have yeah. great. We're gonna eat so much. <laughs> we're gonna order so much food. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say the, the Leilua's and Rapana because, like, obviously they all get on, and like you don't have to worry about a shitty quarantine haircut because Rapana's a former barber. And yeah. his haircuts were terrible, but I'll be one of the boys with yeah. a yeah. haircut. That's um, also good. Yeah, c- congratulations to both of you for picking the most predictable answer imaginable. But um, I will go with um, uh, I three white people that you give you bloody cop. Go on, <laughs> oh. no, you can't say. God damn it! Um, no, I had a very specific reason for my for my answers, and because we haven't worked in the running joke of the podcast yet, so I'd have Cam Murray because he seems seems like a chill dude. We just hang out. Um, and I would have Damien Cook to help me get better at sprints and Ryan Pappenhausen to help me get better at long distance running. Yeah. It's a diverse group of, uh, white people. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. 
Some of us want to branch out and you, just test our boundaries. Took, you two picked two guys from the same family, and you're talking about diversity. <laughs> okay, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that's it. We'll probably wrap it up before we start going too far with the... Uh... Yeah, we've, we've, we've flirted with the line of cancellation, but we've not gone over it, which is, yeah, I guess, where we want to live. We haven't pulled, pulled the enormous novelty-sized lever from problematic to cancelled. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's always lingering, but it's never quite getting pulled. Yeah. That's sounded suggestive. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking right. of getting pulled, it's time to go. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks again, everyone. And the next time we talk with all of you lovely listeners, it will be the week. It will be Rugby League week. We'll have team lists and things. It'll be very mm. exciting. Um, so, yeah. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale. Join the union. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you.